Well, we have a, a lot of work to do in terms of um, inclusion within these houses, and I think that we have, there are lessons learned. I think these things happen for a reason. The good thing and the positive thing that's come out of it is that there's consumer, more consumer awareness in terms of consumers figuring, you know, paying attention to where they place their dollars, and also from a corporate level, from the fashion houses realizing that that black dollar and that consumer holds a big, you know, holds a big value to the to the bottom line. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. I'm Nicole, your host, and it's another special day for an amazing guest. Please welcome Ferris Mason, CEO and founder of the Come Up LA. Come Up LA is a marketplace that showcases Black creatives, brands, and entrepreneurs. The goal of the Come Up market is to harness our shared spending power and work communally to achieve this. Welcome to the show, Ferris. Hello. Thank you for having thank you for having me. I am so excited to speak to um, women and people like you. Um, this is so needed and especially during this time, right? Man. <laughs> That's all I can say, man. It is a time. It is a time. Um so Listen, let's introduce the listeners to you. Um, tell us a bit about yourself and especially how it pertains to this journey to the come up, because we're going to get into that and vendors and black business and all of that. But, you know, what what, what got you there? Um, pretty much how a lot of things have come about in my life by just giving it a try. Yeah. Um, and giving it a try based on so in I think it uh, when was it 20 2015 2016 ish was around the time that I started the idea um and the idea was originally based upon like really wanting to find a way to be able to support all my friends that was so dope you know had a lot of friends that are designers or artists creatives chefs cooks like a whole bunch of different things and um I was like, well, you know, what, what is something that can be done to help everybody actually make money? Because there's only so much you can do as an individual person if you have, you know, so, so much you can do. I'm not independently yes. wealthy and I don't know very many independently wealthy people. And so, you know, you know, what can I do that can help people grow their brand, make some money and just like support black folks? You know, I'm originally, I'm from Oakland, so born and raised, never get that confused. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> awesome. I haven't been to Oakland yet, but I hear this is the dopest black it's, people. It, you know, it's a whole different world than it used to be now because it is gentrification's been been taken over for a while. So it's, it. it's not the same vibe. It's not the same Oakland like I grew up with. But you know, say la vie. What can we do about that? That's a whole other conversation about corporate greed. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it is. So, but, um, from yeah. Oakland. Yeah, and so supporting supporting like my people, black folks, or supporting my people, friends, have always been something that I've I've been about. You know, even if I didn't know that's what I was doing. You know, I um, I've I've worked in wardrobe styling, and I've produced events, fashion events back in Oakland, and I've I've worked in so many different arenas, and all those arenas. You know, I've, I have a business degree. I've worked at engineering firms, startup engineering firms that have which were the foundation of the autonomous cars that are going on now. Uh, I work for that company, which is pretty dope experience. 
Um, I've worked for engineering firms, I've worked for accounting firms, I've worked for business management firms. And, you know, I've also done styling and I've also um, modeled sometimes. And I also, like, I have all these different types of things that I know how to do. And somehow, some way, all of those skill sets really worked well in, in, running, in running a market. You know, I started, the first market was like in 2017, 18 was the very first market. And at the time, I did have a partner at the time, and we were able to use a, uh, to use, it's called Catch Catch One. It's on um, Pico off of Crenshaw. It's like a, a ballroom. Okay. You know, it's, it's a very iconic ballroom. There's a whole lot of other backstories behind that, that, you know, involve the LGBTQ community. But my partner at the time, he worked there. So they let us use one of the rooms there for free. So we used one of the rooms there for free to do our first event. And it was not an ideal room because, or ideal space, because there were steps anywhere you, there was like this long, ridiculous amount of steps to go up the front. And then to bring stuff from the back was like this really janky, uh, like old school uh, levy lever thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) but it was free. That was the main thing because we had went to other locations, you know, whether we'd find like, whether we found them on Craigslist or other platforms. And the biggest problem was, you know, the first one that we booked and had a date set, had sent it in our deposit, literally a week before the event, for no apparent reason, we received a refund and like your event has been canceled. Oh, and then yeah. after we found another spot and the dude had told us the rate and everything, after we went and met him, he upped the price. And we're like, okay, we know what that's about. <laughs> you see black people trying to put together an event and I feel like a tipping open black events that aren't a certain type into the same sort of vibe you know hip-hop yeah so you always feel like like right away there was assumptions made about what it is you were doing um even mm-hmm. though you were supporting like artisans and creators they were treating it kind of like it was like and nothing wrong with a rap event either but like it was a rap event or you were going to bring a certain element to their exactly space. exactly and you know, this is before, like, you know, even though now the, the excitement of support black is definitely, I feel like it's faded off into the, into the past. I really do. But this was before it was most people, you know, and yeah. it made it even harder to try to, to even like, it even made it harder for like black folks to support, you know, not harder, but people just was like, what, why, you know? Where I'm like back home in Oakland, like I'm used to there being events that are black folks. I'm used to there being support of things that are related to black folks doing better, growing, helping each other out. Those are things that I was used to. Like even when I first moved out here, I remember I went to a rally. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it was about at the right now, but I went to a rally and when I got there, I was like, where's everybody at? <laughs> like there was literally yeah. a hand a handful of people and when I told a couple people that I had met out here that were from out here or had been here for a while here in LA, they were like, oh, fair shit, it's LA. This, that's, that's normal. I was like, what? I was so confused. I was so confused. I was like, what? Why? Because back home in Oak, whatever, if we have something, everybody's pulling up. Everybody. Like, everyone's pulling up to show support and to make a statement about the things that need to change for us. So, yeah. It is our standoff. <laughs> 
there. I'm from Chicago and I kind of know what you mean. Like if you meet one photographer in Chicago, you know, all of the photographers, like within a couple of weeks, like it's, you know, Chicago is a city, but it, I feel like it identifies as a town, you know, and there's Same with Oakland, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's benefits from that. It's like, oh, it's you, I'm there. You know, problem, that loyalty. And exactly. You have to earn people's trust and loyalty. In LA, everyone is on guard a little bit too much and gatekeep too much, even black people. And it, mm-hmm. I, it is interesting, black people gatekeeping other black people because it's not enough going well for us to exactly. to to be on that or to do that so i never understand like like we don't la is eight percent black like, right. so there's not really enough of us to try to pick a more like to try to curate or edit you know yeah black, and, i mean in the end and this is something that I, you know i've had some really challenging experiences that i'm still kind of de- dealing with right now as regards to black community or the black people in the community that are the elites that have money and access and that's ultimately sometimes what it boils down to like no one cares if you're talented enough you're smart enough or many of the other things enough or just being yourself enough it's like who are you connected to enough how much money can you bring in enough what celebrities do you know? It's all what political you know assets can you bring forward or can you attach yourself to and I just don't rock like that. <laughs> you know, my personal and my professional morals, they run side by side. And they come back to support you and help you anyway. Like when people are good people and they show up a certain way, over time, things may take longer for us, but yes. I think eventually you get to the right thing. So the genesis of come up like the first ones were challenging due to spaces, due to assumptions, due to regular old race, gender, class, you know. Right. And tell me about when you knew you had something like the best come up. What year I'm, was it? What venue was it? When you were like, okay, this is a thing and I can probably I mean, eat this. Honestly, the first one was the catalyst to keep on going. Because I, I I am just an organized person in certain aspects because of the type of jobs that I used to have, right? You know, I've worked in accounting firms, bookkeeping, management, managing people's money and spreadsheets and all that type of thing. So my mind naturally goes to that sort of organization. And so that made it easy for me to like, let me set up a list of who needs to do this and do that. And following up with that, with, with, you know, the person who's bringing my tables and this and communicating thoroughly and sending thoughtful emails and giving all the details. Those are natural skill sets I had. So it didn't, I didn't think anything of it. After that first event, first one, mind you, the first one we ever did, I think was about 13 vendors or something like that. Literally people were like, that's the best market I've ever done. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And I was like, how? <laughs> you know, how is that the best market you've ever done? We've never done this before. You know, I was just using normal things that I think most people think of, but I have to keep on reminding myself that everybody is not like me, which is, um, yeah. So after that first one, and that, that's when I was like, okay, we got to keep going. The venue was the next hardship. 
But then um, at the time, a homegirl of mine, her name was Shakol, Shakol Hamlet. She was um, working with some folks at a venue in the arts district. And she was like, hey, I'm at this venue. They're looking for community partners. And when she sent me the link for the venue, I was like, ain't no way. Ain't no way. I was like, we don't got that. I don't have money for that. Like, because it was amazing. It was big enough. It was beautiful. There was art in it. There was plants. There was everything. There was indoor, outdoor. It was like a perfect situation. And she was like, don't worry about it. You know, don't worry about it. I was like, okay. And so I didn't worry about it. And we started doing the events there. And that's really what set come up um, at that time to be something that hadn't been seen in LA from for a long, long, long time. Because you know, producer market is not like a new idea for any for anyone or any race, you know. But there's not a lot of black centered things in LA. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna ask you too about there's you know, was it it seems like yours was inside or a lot that are outside. And then also in terms of like your vendor mix, were you um like picky about what you wanted did you want someone that did this people who did different things or was it whoever could get the booth or whoever could you know um promote tickets or what have you like Mm -hmm. what was your structure what was the difference between yours and other markets like you said this is obviously not the first one um i think the difference for me is that from my viewpoint you know who knows anyone else thinks is that I have a certain level of execution that I apply to anything that I do. You know, when I started styling, you know, I was doing it back in Oakland, but I was, you know, working a regular job, which is not a problem. Let everybody know that you can work regular jobs and still be an artist and a creative and an entrepreneur. (laughs) Uh, But, um, you know, I, when I moved out here and started doing styling, I just did what Ferris did, right? And I started showing up to gigs and they were like, oh my God, you brought so much stuff. Oh my God, you're so organized. Oh my God. I'm like, what? Isn't that what a stylist is supposed to do? Bring the stuff? <laughs> like, are these the things that I'm supposed to do? But people were like, you'd be surprised. And then with my execution of the market, the type of vendors I look for, I had uh, still to this day, there's no age requirement. There's no style requirement. There's no level, how long you've been in business. Uh, things that I do look for is obviously just the basic things. Do you have a website? Do you have a social media presence? Can I tell what you're selling? And um, what is what do your products look like? You know? Yeah, yeah. That uh, that's that's pretty much the base for me because it's not about like how many followers or that you. I don't like I don't like the stuff because sometimes my personal preference is not everybody's personal preference. So sometimes there are things that I unless it's just all the way left and just not together <laughs> that I probably may not purchase myself or like as much, but that doesn't mean somebody else is not going to like it, you know? Yeah, no, it's not. You have to step outside of yourself and not make it about you, even though you're the one that has an overall vision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting thing now is, do you see that? Well, okay, let's talk about then there's a uptick in interest in black business, probably post George Floyd. Right. right. Yeah. The pandemic like set it off and everybody's like, Oh my God, black people, we're going to help you. 
Yes, and a lot of promises were made by big companies, Target, and all that. And all that shit falling off. <laughs> you think it's a wrap? I mean, whether it's a wrap or if it's going to be less support is the question. Because I still feel like there are people that will support, but like even with the introduction of a, a field that many of us didn't know about, diversity, inclusion, you know, all that, a lot of companies have cut those departments. Yeah, you know? a lot of those uh, DEI folks are either quitting or being, uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, offboarded, if you will. Exactly, you uh, know. Yeah. And even, you know, there was also a large growth in, you know, something I had never thought about applying for before because I was so, you know, early stage with grants, right? And so I think I was more than likely faster on the grants when they first, first started coming out during the pandemic than, you know, than I am now because there wasn't as many of them. Now there's just like a ridiculous amount of grants, but then what has changed in the grants? What has changed, you know, it's like, oh, ones that are for black women or, you know, or for black people or people of color, which is not a term I like to include black folks in, but, um, a lot of the requirements have changed, which again, seem to keep out a lot of people, right? So there are more gatekeeping, more rules around the grant. You know, exactly. Ex- exactly. Tell me mm-hmm. about, I, I have a little gripe with the POC thing too, being lumped uh, together. Also going with my um, irritation around this idea that DEI is dead, which basically means that certain people have ally fatigue because they did their little square and now they're done. You know? <laughs> right. So, right. Well, um, but in terms of the grants, you did fund. Um, just so the, the the kiddos know, you funded a little bit of Come Up LA through grants. Well, in the beginning, in the pandemic, during the pandemic, throughout the whole course of the three years, I got about five grants. Okay. None of them were like ridiculously substantial. Most of them were like five or twenty five hundred, but they're all very helpful. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Any money that you can get that you ain't got to pay back always a plus <laughs> yeah. but the the require the requirements you know I, the requirements now for a lot of grants is they want you to already be generating revenue of sometimes 150 to 250,000 you know want you to present it's like it's like a lot of more more things that are more product based as opposed to like you know, I have this idea, let me cultivate it. I can do this for the community, this for the community, this for the community. But even within that, when you're even like sending out um, proposals or trying to get sponsors or all this, it's like the constant need to have to prove the value of what I do is fucking draining. Yes, I hear this from, you know, even even women who are not looking like us, but right. like, of black women just... It's, it's like, it's it's draining. It's like, the Great. proof is in what I've already done. How about you talk to people that, or other people that I've worked with, people that I've assisted, people that I've helped, what impact that has great? You want me to present you with numbers, and I understand it from a business mind point, right? You know, capitalist business mind point, but like, Black folks helping each other and using capitalism to do it is a, is a, is a fail, in my opinion. Yes, would you say that... Um capitalism, I was going to get to that, capitalism as a model 
um, from what I've read, seems to have anti-blackness, you know, baked in. Right. I mean, yeah, our our country, our our country, uh, you know, that's lose used very loosely, <laughs> um, is based upon capitalism, which is based upon the the violation, the the, the rape, the killing, the the over the the dredging, the pulling, the sucking us dry of black labor. So there's no way that it can be based on anything that's going to actually be helpful to us as a whole community, we're, you know, United States wide, if you're just speaking to black Americans or whatever you want to call it, there's no way for it to work. It's not set up for us to work for it to work for us. And us using the same thing for our community. It's always going to be, it's going to be a problem. You know, for me, you know, I haven't been producing any markets. They've been very few far and in between, you know, three in the last, you know, three, whatever years during the pandemic, I was in another helping other I was helping out black entrepreneurs be in the storefront um that has turned into a very toxic situation had turned into a very toxic situation it's definitely affected me in a very a ways that I you know I, I don't even want to talk about all of that right now but um yeah. the thing is you know there's a million markets now outside of just black markets right and the problem is because you know this economy we have and myself want to continue to be someone that is not trying to take advantage of my community it's really hard to stay in that in that lane and make profit for myself as well and not gouge people with vendor fees and this fee and that fee you know and keeping it something that is literally all that it should be is about shopping supporting each other and being in community um, do you think that this is, and I know what you mean by this, like either you're selling tickets or you're selling a booth or you're selling bowls and everything. And, and, then, and there's only, there's only a limit to what you can do. You know, I've started doing, um, vendor surveys so I can see how much money people are making, what their overhead is just to be, get to the market outside of the vendor fee. And a lot of the times people are just breaking even. Mm-hmm. Even. Even if not, really, you know, like if you're breaking even yeah. every single time, that means you're not growing. It's a little bit of stagnation. And that's even been for me, you know, venue fees are, when I was doing it um, in the arts district, I was paying $3,500 for one day. Right. For one, like, for one day. At an, at an yeah. event that's not, I'm not selling alcohol because I wanted to keep it kid friendly. I want people to be able to bring their families. I want older, you know, our elders in our community to be able to feel, to not feel a way, you know, about certain music or certain vibes or certain, you know, everybody is included. I don't want to exclude anybody from the community, children or, or elders or anybody in between. And doing that, you know, since I don't want to turn into a party, I don't want to have drinks. I don't want to have this. It takes away from the amount of money that I can make personally for me to be successful and to can you not successful, I should say, for me to make a profit that makes sense. And do you feel maybe with our community, you mentioned the party because I have noticed that aspect. We're going to have a DJ. We're going to do, we're going to swag search and have, do the electric slide. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> the party aspect is that 
like a distraction from the ultimate mission. Um, yeah, it is. You know, and I'm not saying this just because what I think. I'm saying this because people tell me. You know, I see. people tell me that it takes away. Like I'm always gonna have DJs. Like I'm a avid lover of music. I know a lot of people that play good music. Playing music adds to the vibe, but adding alcohol and performances takes away from the reason because then people are only coming for those reasons not to shop. And that's right, the feedback that I Coachella. <laughs> yeah. Pardon me? Yeah. I said then it's Coachella or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's um, like and then and then it's like and then you know I I care about people deeply outside of just community like in general, you know, I'm a I'm a sensitive person, though I have a very strong look. I'm a I'm Leo I'm Leo rising, so you, you see me and you like ooh strong big ooh you know hair gold all the things that are sparkly and, and and jangly about me, but like I'm a very soft sensitive person, and I I take you know looking out for people in my community I take that very serious. I don't think it's a joke. I don't think it's something that you know let me see how I can get the most money out of my people like. That's, that's not me, you know? So the vendor fees, you know, I've had conversations, community conversations about it. And like, while that's not always the reason why people don't participate right now, that especially in the last couple couple years, like that's becoming a reason because they're like, the vendor fees are so high and then no one's shopping or I'm only breaking even or, and you know there are other ways when you can make a market successful for you but like the point is for all of us to grow economically financially to continue to work cyclically and help each other grow literally we want to make a a cycle a community where we are circulating our money amongst each other but we're all growing not all staying stagnant you know I do it's like how do you get over that like like little break even kind of cliff and I know you mentioned your your Leo rising. What is your main sign? I'm a, Gemi- could... I'm a Gemini. Okay, you're a Gemini. Okay, yeah, and Pisces Moon. Got it. I'm an Aquarius, and I pull with all of the the air. And I just like to know that little tidbit that I like to know for myself. Um, but my, my mother was a Gemini, raised by a Gemini, so I understand what you mean about the multi passions and the organization. So. Um, the duality in that. So that's really, that's really dope. And um, it's good to really hear about this because I think people have the idea of like, if you just bring our community to one place all together, we pay for the ticket, we pay for the booth, then like you're set and it's just going to naturally build. And it's not, and it's not true because like we, like we talked about, like not to, it's also about, are you popular enough? Are you cute enough? Are you a person? Like I'm a person, I don't like, I hold my tongue in a way that I know how to, I'm gonna say how I was saying, I know how to get at you without cussing you, <laughs> without cussing you out. You yes. know, I grew up Jehovah's Witness, which so I didn't grow up cussing. And I also worked in offices since I was 20 years old. So my professional get at you, I'm very well versed in it. Nine times out of 10, people don't wanna hear it. Nine times out of ten, most people don't stand up for that. Don't stand up for it. They'd be like, "Oh, whatever. That's how it is. That's how that person is, or that's how this is," and they just let it rock. I don't, and so I know from experience that tends to have people be like, they don't want to help or support because I'm gonna check them on something or have checked them on something that was out of pocket. 
and you know you know there's so many stories I could say about things and I don't want to get into it being a, that sort of situation um, but you know people bring me a lot of things and, and say a lot of things and be upset about support that I haven't received or this that and the other and I you know I kind of just I let it usually just fall off my back because if people are going to support me I want the support to come from an honest loving and communal space I don't want it to come from a space that's based upon any sort of um, popularity or, or or jealousy or envy or just trying to be in my business. I don't want that type of support at all. Tell me about um, like having to split from a vendor. Like, have you ever had like a rogue vendor that? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> how, how do you feel with a rogue vendor? One that's just not. It's just not going to work out. Um, it usually, I mean, the few times that there have been, because 90, 98% of the time, everything is good, you know? And when people have, and when other, like, brothers and sisters have questions, I have no problem with laying, answering all their questions to the best of my ability. Uh, I'm a, I mean, you already know, Gemini is ruled by Mercury. I'm a communicator. And many times an over-communicator because... I like to communicate to people the same way I would like to be communicated to, you know, I might give you more information than you ask, but at least you have all of it. Um, so, you know, it's only been a couple times it's happened, you, you know, sometimes it happens at the event, sometimes it happens through email. And in the end, if there's anything that happened at the event, anything that happens through email or whichever other avenue, and it's just contentious and usually they're incorrect. I just no longer invite them to anything. I don't make any formal, you know, I don't make any formal notice or thing and say, I'm sorry, you'll no longer be able to invite it to that. You know, all that's unnecessary. I don't need to do that. That's not the type of person I am anyway. Like I just, I'm like, okay, just take them off the list. And then I just keep it pushing. You know, I had someone cuss me out, told me I was the reason why black people ain't survive, aren't thriving and I'm the reason for this and fuck you. I've, I've had it happen in a couple different times. And I just be like, really? I know you're trying to create a space. <laughs> I'm like, really? I was like, really? Yeah. Okay. And you know, it's, 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 it's a hard thing though. You know, I am grateful to be a person and I even know I had this skill set. Okay. I didn't even know I had a skill set. I know how to talk to people. You know, I know how to navigate relationships with numerous people. Like navigating relationships with hundreds of different people is a lot of work. And I yeah. don't think I don't think people think about that aspect of it because I know now a lot of people are putting markets or vendors at, at events and things. A lot of people are just doing it all the like, oh, it's the way I can make money. And I know that's what it is because it wasn't done before and it's always been an option. People are like, oh, this is how I can do it to make money. Fees start going up. This starts going up. Things, people change and they're like, this is how I can capitalize off my community. In my opinion, I know those might, might be the words people are using, but you know, my space where I come from is literally from the, from like wanting people to win. That's it. I don't want nothing else but everybody to win. You know, there are some brands, one brand in particular, um, L.A. Raw, Chaz and Kmar, and uh, DJ uh, DJ Capino. I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong, but anyway, I didn't even know he was one of. I didn't even know he was part of the brand because I know I've known Chaz and Kmar from L.A. Raw since I first moved to L.A. 
Um, I went to a fashion show when Africa Fashion Week first, first started. This was like 2013, so it's a long time ago. Um, And Chaz and Kmart, they have LA Raw, and I have been rocking with them, and they have been rocking with me through through all the different things that I've done to uplift uplift, um, Black entrepreneurs in our community. And like to see their growth and all the things they do, and they're also really awesome, nice people, you know? And, um, you know, I, I even, I think Chaz, she did an art, a article or some interview and they asked like, who needs a special shout out? And she shouted me out for all the work that I've done to bring opportunities to black entrepreneurs in Los Angeles. And I rarely get that, you know what I'm saying? I rarely get, thank you, or you helped me do this, or, you know, I get it sometimes, but I, you know, because for me, it's just like what I do and I'm working on that because it's, it's, it's something I need to work on for myself. Like it's because I can do it. I often don't think of it as being a skill set or something that to take that serious, you know? Yeah. Or to even like get press or like promotion for like your goal is not press. It's not. You know? And that's, and that's, and that's also part of the hardship for me. Like I've been doing come up LA, you know, I tell people this and I say, I've said it before. Most people think I got a whole ass team. I do not. I do everything myself. Everything that you've ever seen come out with, by, come up LA. And recently I've been making my own flyers too. Like <laughs> I do it all myself, you know, I have what, three or four different email addresses because they have different purposes that I respond to and use all myself. You know, all the marketing I do myself, all the reaching out to the vendors, all the communication with the venue, the brand, with, with all the DJs that we have, with you know, the videographer, photographer, photo booth all the vendors the venue like every single thing that has been done creating the website it's not the the most fancy website but it got all the information you know I've done it all myself and I want to get to a point where that's not the case and or get to a point too a lot of the people that have participated in come up LA that are DJs or videographers or other you know other part of the production most because I'm honest about it I'll be like I'll tell them what I have available for budget as opposed to paying what their rate is. I don't like that. I don't like it. I'm grateful people rock with me and accept that. But it's like, I'm not making enough money because of all the fees. And now there's a lot, the the health department is on it now. They're like, oh, you got people selling food. They sent an email. When I did the market, the collaborative market that me and Prosperity Market did. Okay. They sent an email to my email talking about, hey, you have an event going on, use my website as the reference and was like, there's going to be food. I, I don't know if it's food being made or food in containers, whatever it was. They're like, you need to have a permit and they need to have a permit and it needs to be submitted 30 days before. Da, 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 da. And if it's not all the rules, all the things, mind you, they sent this email two days before the event. And, and did you go rogue? Were you like, listen, I was like, what? So I sent it to, you know, to Carmen and Cara. And, you know, they was like, what? And they sent it to the venue, Hollywood Park. And it's like, well, they didn't say nothing. We just kept going. It's like, at that point, what can you do? Yeah, you just can't, like, you can't just cancel, cancel like, it. You yeah. Know? You but, like, there's, that's the thing now. The government, not only is the economy hard for everybody to be able to, you know, make the money they need to make at markets or, like, but venue fees are high. 
fees to all the production fees, having, if you want to have plants and flowers and all the other fancy stuff that there, it's a, the fees are not cheap. You know, they're not cheap. Like a low end event on a low end event, not even you will spend between six and $10,000. Right. And that's not even me paying everybody the, their, their rate. It's paying people something, but not their rate. And like, I don't want to do that no more. And then it's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot of money, and it's a lot of time. So at the end, like I do, if for me, I can do. A, I can produce a market in a month. You know, producing a market in a month means me constantly engaging with people, almost twenty four seven, for a month. I have to send emails. Ninety eighty five percent of people don't respond to emails. Then I have to go, I have directly DM 300 or more people from my list of vendors and stuff that I have because people don't respond to emails. Personally, hand DM 300 people, the same message. And then still people don't respond, you know, promoting the events. I pay for what I can, but then 85 to 90% of brands don't promote that they're even going to be at the event. Oh, yeah, that's that's something that you I mean, that's the whole point to get everyone in one place. I mean, when you do get people in one place, they start buying. You do notice the energy of, okay, now everyone is buying. But I want to go back to you being the one woman band here. (laughs) Uh, Yes. What does Ferris do for Ferris? Like, what is your favorite thing to do? That's all you, it doesn't involve the come up or DMing 300 people (laughs) or, or, you know, check-in vendors. What is something you do that is like, this has nothing to do with the come up? How do you take a break? Um, I think there's a twofold answer to that. Uh, the, the first way is to not do no markets. (laughs) Because, Right now, it's, it's it's not it's not financially viable, and it's mentally exhausting. And then the demand sometimes, or not sometimes, there are demands from vendors that are just unreasonable, right? And all of that um, I'm placed upon my back. So I just be like, all right, I'm not going to do it until there is a space and a time for when it feels it feels there's ease in it. You know, it's always going to be some work with ease. So that's one not doing it. The second would be. I am working to know that, and I know it, but then it's hard when you're in LA and you need to like live. Right now, honest to truth, my financial situation because of something that has happened with another organization I was a part of is, is, has been an extreme challenge for me these last couple months. And um, taking the time to just not do nothing like not like literally not do nothing. Maybe just turn the TV or maybe just take a nap or go sit and read a book. I'm trying to work harder at cause I'm doing it, but just work harder at knowing that I do not have to be doing something all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love being, I think we, if you're extroverted, cause it, for you to do what you do, you have a natural way that you network, you're extroverted. But, but the thing is I'm shy as hell. <laughs> 
that happens you're probably introverted it's crazy because like my friends that know like know me know me like i haven't been really you know i think the pandemic has changed also just the way that people go out i realize i don't go out like i used to at all i don't make i don't even make an effort to yeah and it has to be a specific thing for a specific reason yeah LA is like where is it that's too far no thanks and then uh, and it's like and also now everything is like everything is big it's not like nothing's intimate it's just everything is hella people and I don't like being around hella people and being hella close and not being able to move I don't like it I don't like it yeah. at all um yeah uh so damn I threw myself off track with that oh no for you how are, how are you how what's the restorative yeah thing? I'm just I'm just trying to like not get so worked out about needing to to, to make and do so I can make money and do and think about and do and do you know like, I like to color I love coloring um it's something that I've always loved since a child I love to color I have a ridiculous amount of sharpies and adult I just I just call them coloring books because call them an adult coloring books it's just a coloring book um and color no, that was the thing yeah that and puzzles like a lot of people were yeah kinda... but see for me I have been coloring and I've been coloring it's not it wasn't a new thing and like being in my house and me being to myself it's never it's, these are new not new things to me i was fine during the pandemic even though i was actively in lamert park like i didn't i wasn't chilling like a lot of people even up until maybe up until this year you know 2023 even though it's almost over a lot of people weren't doing anything mm. people weren't out in the street weren't working i was i had the same places i was going but i was out i was out in the community i was doing stuff in lamert i was i was out i didn't have a time i didn't have time to like chill and rest like you know from work if there was no work and you know whatever is going on now this whole shit is just it's a mess it's a whole mess I, I just i hope it all falls down and the us that have been toiling and working and telling us that our work is going to get us somewhere and our work is not getting us where even though they told us what they tell us hard work you always going with hard work college college degree oh my god girl then work hard and just stay a good person and everything and will everything fall in place. And they It'll don't be- tell you like, no, you need to be a backbiter. You need to, you need to <laughs> be into politics. You need to be worried about money all the time. You need to get over on people. That's all the other shit that they, that you need to do. And I, I wish I was that person sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm Healthy. like, if I could just get over it- real quick, I'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, also a problem here within the community is there are uh, you know someone connected that I used to know um, this black guy he would always say oh that's a somebody or like if we meet someone in passing he's like so and so is a somebody and I'm like and I used to think like what am I a nobody right (laughs) and he's like somebody they work on you know this show exactly and then I'm like oh they're know what they do and I'm like okay and I'm like great that's really great for them um so you know it's just a very interesting dynamic when it isn't a lot of us and that's the exactly here it's like it's like the micro gatekeeping Mm -hmm. that's just seems counter uh counter it's like only certain people that only certain people can get support well, why can't everyone get support? Literally, we are told and we know we are in a, we are we are expansive. We are infinity if we are made in the image of God, right? We can do and do all these amazing things, but yet we limit ourselves in our imagination to how in which we can help our people outside of this capitalist system. 
Please make it make, please make it make sense. There's <laughs> too like you're not the only one. I mean, like take it out of our community, and it's we are all walking around pretending like we're not like deeply in a recession, and some people even calling it a quiet depression. Mm-hmm. Because I've had several friends just show up to work, and they're like, there is no company anymore. Companies that seem solid no. at first yeah. uh, are are no longer and when you talk about I'll give you one example like for instance uh, Mitchell Gold which was known for paint Mm -hmm. um, there was a furniture boom and they decided that they wanted to sell furniture and like look one day all of their employees went to work and it's just a sign we are out of business and like they were like okay we need to have time to go to our lockers and gather our things right and this is how these companies are are moving and for sure our politicians, our so-called leaders, they could definitely, definitely step in and, uh, you know, make change. I mean, I don't even know what this next even election is going to look like. I got another show for another time. It's really like, you know, what are we doing here? Trying to sit here and maintain and act like all this shit is cool when it's not. Like, I really, I'm at the point where I wish there was enough people that'd be like, fuck all this rent, fuck all these bills, fuck all the shit, because most of this shit is some made-up shit. It's fake money. Fake as hell. The money is fake. It does not exist, because it doesn't exist. Has housed it be in debt trillions, but yet you got billions to send. I, that don't make sense. Because if I'm in debt, I don't have money. So how are you in debt and you got money? I don't understand. It, it makes it, All of it makes no sense. And then it's like, you know, all the things that people were called conspiracy theorists about, are all coming out and being true <laughs> and it's just like y'all can we can you guys just give up the farce just give give it up give it up i know and then it's like too and i think you're someone too who critically thinks it's like everyone's like for instance getting ready for uh amazon prime day but like i thought we didn't have any money but like people find the money somehow for jeff bezos i'm like how are you how are you getting ready for prime day when I, I, I don't get it. Well, you know how? So, you know, I have been, I don't want to work for nobody. Um, that's just, okay. that's just, just, that's the base level, which is probably most people. Actually, some people like working for people. I, however, you know, of all the many different types of, of jobs and places that I've worked, there have been times, especially in LA, I've got fired numerous times, but never all the way for my work. <laughs> It's always because I don't want to kick it with people or someone's jealous or all these other variety of things. And like me out here, I've been out here recently, you know, looking for work after being just really community centered for literally three years. Right. Yeah. And so it's a very different world, completely different. And I'm, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking for jobs and like number one, no, number one thing the pay is low as hell. The pay that they're trying to give people, unless you're in tech sector, is like, so the low income for LA County is 70000 but you're trying to pay somebody $55,000 for a whole year. Yeah, I mean- that's And that's bigger. before tax, and that's before taxes. Yeah, no, it's-, it's But uh, low income is 70, but you, and, and it's like, and then you want to pay people only minimum wage and- and so then it's like, and then they'll, they'll raise certain things like, oh, now California fast food workers get $20 an hour. You're like, but what about people that are, it's like, it's, it's, it makes no sense. So the wages are super low, but then also, so I've been in, in a lot of these work from home groups. 
the the shit that we've been fed about you needing to work and having 18,000 jobs, which is there. No one should have to have, no one really should have to have two jobs to survive if you're one person, right? You shouldn't have to have ridiculous amount of extra jobs outside of already a full-time job. There are people in, in these work from home groups that are doing two work from home jobs at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? This, this woman, she said, I have two headsets on at the same time. I switch back and forth between both of them. And I'm looking for a third work from home job because the holidays are coming up. That's the reality for. And also people scam people just taking jobs that offer paid training, taking the training and taking the job just to get the paid training so they can get enough, get some checks. Oh, wow. I never would even thought of no shit like that. (laughs) You know? I know a lot of people are saying a lot of people started working for Amazon because they will help you um, freeze your eggs and they have a lot of fertility support. So like people literally have been working there strictly for that so that they could freeze their eggs. And it's and it's like, you know, people are thinking that this is this normal. It's normal for you to be working 16 to 20 hours a day. The fuck? Like that's not fuck that's not normal none of these millionaires or billionaires out here, none of them did that because they couldn't even got their money if they want, if they wanted to all if they were doing it on their own labor. I know it's that it's that it's back to that, that model of uh, capitalism. I was recently cracking up because that clip going around of Posh Spice, the interesting thing of being also embarrassed that you have money, you know, and her husband was checking her on the side and she's like, oh, we were working class and He's like, be honest. And she's like, no, we were working class. We we're just regular working class. He's like, what car did you drop? You were dropped off in when you went to school. It's like, okay, my dad drove a Rolls Royce. And it's like, dude. What the fuck? Dude. Girl. <laughs> no. Just not trying to reveal. There's that thing, too, of everyone pretending like. Like oh, they're struggling. God. It's like, dude, I know you weren't poor it's okay to that you have support from your parents just be honest like no one's trying to you know what i mean there's no virtue yeah there's not always virtue in poverty so like just yeah. say what your situation is be honest but like someone telling me someone told me years ago that they grew up really working class but they also like rode horses and had a horse and stuff and i'm like i'm like no 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 horses horse. are expenses to maintain you working cl- like i you know maybe some weird situation but yeah so we are living in a time where the the class it's like a little quiet class war going on and it's going to get loud particularly you know when this election kicks up um but just to circle it back to like the future for ferris um you know now i'm very very invested in <laughs> what the future looks like for you what is the vision now like do you have to break up with come up la for the moment are you hoping to have a different iteration of it because i i know a lot of this is heavy because you put your heart and your resources into it so if you could um go to the next phase of maybe this what would that look like for you well so i know exactly what it is that i want i just want to be i just want it to be sustainable for me and for anyone that participates um, I've, I've, I've thought of and 
a lot of people actually do like the idea of doing smaller, more intimate events, market oh. events or niche events. But within that, for me, doing a small event is not going to bring a lot of income, right? Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how I do the small event. So that's something that I need to figure out. But I, I think that that might be something that would be definitely more beneficial for myself as far as bandwidth and also beneficial for um, any participants because that way you know because there's not you know an overabundance of different vendors or brands or participants that you'll have the opportunity for your your brand to be seen if you feel like that's been an issue for you um so I definitely want to do that. I have other, I have a whole bunch of niche markets that I want to do, just smaller ones, or even if it's bigger, but just um, specified down to one sort of thing, say uh, writers or uh, bath and body or something. I um, see, like beauty or makeup or mm-hmm, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of them that I'm, I'm gonna get it out. Maybe this year, I'm hoping I have someone that's that's trying to help, that's trying to help push me to do it. Because I told her, I was like, girl, just hit me up if you want to help um, do one specifically for <laughs> kid entrepreneurs. Bird here is help. Like, yeah, because people, people, people always got a lot they want to say and what you should be doing and how come you didn't do this and do. I'm like, there's only so much I can do. There's only so much I can do, no matter what it is. Only so you know, and even if I do it, there's only so much I know. So there help me but anyway so um it's a, a market for kid entrepreneurs because um i just always i think it's just important to always keep kids as a part of something that you're doing kids are always the next generation kids are smart they brilliant they're dope they're cool they honest as hell you know like i love kids you know i love kids and i feel like supporting kids in that manner would be really awesome you know i have some physical products that i want to do with come up of which i've already tried one of them a couple times and just haven't been able to get it where I want it or have the right um the right funding um another one is a is a, is a I guess I'll say web app based thing I know exactly what it is I even lost five thousand dollars working with someone that was supposed to get me an MVP and I did not get anything um which I actually could still take them small claims court I should probably do that but um <laughs> you know I know my specifics there was a time when I was just like okay do this or just do that you know, people hit me up from time to time to do collaborations, and I am super open to collaboration, especially if it's with other black black women. You know, the market that I did with um, Prosperity Market, um, I had met Carmen and Cara through other um, things I had been doing in Lamert, but we I, we had never worked together or really had any formal conversations. Um, but we had both been invited by Mario from Wells Fargo, who's a really cool brother, who's also from Oakland, had invited us to this. Um, uh, to, no, it wasn't an event. It was just some people he knew because he's, you know, he does. Um, I'm not sure his exact title, but it's a lot of things that go into a lot of different businesses within, within LA communities. And he invited us to the space that he thought could be a good venue space. And at that time, I was able to like talk to them on a one-on-one thing. And we were like, okay, we're gonna do a market in August. I was like, cool. And I had never ever we had never worked together ever ever, not in any aspect. Never worked together. Um, the venue, obviously we had never used the venue and it had to have been one of the most, the best experiences I had ever had in working with black folks in my community. I love that. And okay. with, and working with other women. Cause uh, so for whatever reason, you know how it is. Like there's always, there's weird vibes, <laughs> you know, there's, there's like, it's just stuff that don't make no sense to me. It don't make no sense. You know, I don't, I don't get it, you know, and you know, just even things that 
people have shared with me about some of the other more popular black markets of, of you know of some of the founders not liking each other and they doing stuff on purpose to be on this date and do that and people not being kind and I'm like what the fuck is, what's the point y'all what's the point of all that shit yeah I don't want to make an event so that we like are 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 each other you don't have to have an event to like be pissed at each other this is it's, weird. and it's and it's dumb and it's just like there's nothing in the end ain't nothing wrong with working together and so like myself working with carmen and cara nobody's nobody has done that and nobody is doing that even even you know amongst our community like people that are doing essentially the same type of thing working together to do one big ass thing everybody want to do their own shit all the time it's like why why we really don't have enough resources to be siloed you know right and it's like there is enough for all of us use this we literally like if you think about black folks, if that's not whatever term people use, some people like to be called black, like called indigenous or any of the other terms. But if you think about black folks in who we are in the shit that we have done and been, the whole entire world is influenced by our culture. The entire world. Yeah. So how are we limiting ourselves amongst each other, thinking that we can't help each other grow when everything we do helps everybody else win? It don't make no sense. I'm still trying to, I'm trying to find the sense and it don't make no sense. And I, I often feel like I, you know, sometimes I feel like I, I was born into the wrong universe or world or something because I'm a person that stands on my morals and my values and my word and, um, and will not be ran over. It's like, why can't we all be that way? And literally if community was more that, more that way, we wouldn't have the sad stories of what community did to us. It'd be like, look what community did for me. Look yeah. what community did for me. And we all know it can because that's why we all want to be around community, right? The word community is a word that makes people's eyes light up, makes people do things, but there's a reason for it. But I feel like right now, people put community or say whatever things are based for, no matter what type of event or thing it is, because it's going to be looked at as they're doing good work, even if they aren't. Yeah, it's a buzzword for sure. Mm-hmm. They're saying all oh, marketing is community marketing and, you know, all of that. I do like that if you had a good experience um, at the last market you did and that I feel like that's, some, that's something that could be replicated. Like, do you feel like you're getting closer to what you want now that you're having more positive experiences? Like, are you, like, sharpening your sword um, get better at I- it for... I think for for me, taking my time has been so like all during the pandemic because I was working more in Mert, I wasn't really focused on doing markets. Um, I tried to do some early, late last year, earlier this year in Lamert. Those different organizations is just contentious and just really disrespectful to who I was as who I am as not was who I am as a black woman. And, um, you know, and I'm just like, dang, what's, what's the issue? And patience is really where I dwell right now because we all hear it all the time, right? What's for you is for you. There's no need for me to rush on my ideas, rush on anything I'm doing if I'm not going to be able to execute it in the way that I want to. And I'm also not going to be drained. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's no reason, you know? A million people can keep on doing markets. And we see right now, 
there's a there's so many markets right now there's the amount of it's just overwhelming and that's also a thing now because everyone outside of just you know black folks our community everybody's doing markets everybody like everybody there's so i get there's so many ads on my 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 um my instagram page for markets here markets there it's so many markets um and you know it's kind of overwhelming you know i have friends that you know sell sell things clothing every whatever 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 and have conversations and a lot of people right now the markets aren't doing well people aren't making a lot of money and they're like it's oversaturated there's way too many of them and it's not going to do me any good to in the effect to try to keep my brand alive or whatever that is um to just do something just to be seen right to keep up or to compete because you're just yeah it's no it's no point it's like me being patient it's fine me taking the time to figure out what's going to work me having the the financial means that i need you know which is which is hard sometimes with grants because you know i'm not a nonprofit, so a lot of grants that are larger grants that sometimes come to people that are nonprofit and or specifically product-based things or tech ideas i do have a tech idea like i said but I just it did not I did not get what I needed in order to be able to present it to anybody. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find that that person. <laughs> yeah, because I know exactly what it is, and anytime I tell anybody, they're like, "Oh, that's hella dope." And I'm like, "I know, I know." Then, but then because it's, it's always the question is like, "Oh, how much money do you have to do it?" Or I don't have any, and I don't know how yeah. to explain it in any, any different terms. Like, I can use things to help me explain the terms, which I have, but. I am not a tech person. I know what my idea is. I know what my vision is. And I know somebody can get that to me. But it's like having the funding to do that or trying to get the funding before you have something to show is really hard. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to have that nine to five and do things on the side. Like you're a juggler and I am there with you. Um, and I am so glad that you shared your story with me because I've been curious about like how did she do this for a really long time just because of our mutual in Cornell he, um, mm-hmm. is a fan of yours and he has nothing but wonderful glowing things to say so I've been wanting to meet you for a long time oh really oh that's dope <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for being on you have to wear something but how can that help you're talking about how can people find you and keep up with you so that we can keep going um, always and forever at Come Up LA, you know, on Instagram, or you can send me an email, Ferris, F E R R I S S. Don't forget the last S because that is not me. <laughs> uh, so, Ferris at the Come Up LA.com. Send me an email, uh, DM me on Instagram or my personal account, which is such a sad story. Instagram. Oh, that's. You got hacked, right? Uh, I don't even know. I didn't even get hacked. I don't even know what the fuck happened. Like one day was on it. And then the next day it was like, you've been suspended for terms violation. And then, you know, had me send in my picture and the little number they tell you to send in that they send you a picture of you by your head, like a, a fucking mugshot. Yes. I and was- I did it I'm- and nobody ever responded. Yeah. No, one I sent it again. No one ever responded. No one ever responded. I'm trying to get my page back. And I was mad because, like, I'm not a person with, like, ridiculous amount of followers, but the, fo- the the followers I had and the time I took and all the content that I had, 
on my little page, I was happy. And I was using it to book gigs, like, you know, because I'd be submitting for castings and stuff. And I'd be like, look at my Instagram, you know? Yeah. Just, I don't know what happened. And then so I was like, I finally just started another one. And it's just like trying to get that back even and then now just Instagram in general is just trash with engagement and algorithm and all that you know so now you know you can find me too there too but it's just ferris.mason um same you know the two r's and two s's ferris.mason on Instagram and the thing is eventually someone I you know because I use the I hashtag I use my hashtag for my name a lot when I do um most all the time when I do my posts and so I just checked my own hashtag once and all the hashtags were back right Okay. What happened? And I go look. Somebody had my. Somebody has my Ferris Mason. But then they put my my. They took stuff from my Instagram, like the picture I used to have on my current Instagram. They took that for their profile picture, and then you know the same stuff in the title. But then they're not even posting anything crazy, which I guess I could be grateful for. But it's just like all these positive quotes, reposted quotes and stuff. But yet they're not posting anything at all now. And when I DM'd whoever has my page, they didn't respond. Mm, I have a screen recording of someone trying to sell my page back to me for $700. What? A man out of Turkey. I know we're totally sidebar now, but it's it's a problem. Instagram is trash. I reached out to them. I sent them the screen recording of when this happened back in April and I still was not able to retrieve. So like, you know, and no one no one responds. It's no like, one responds. No one responds. I tried to do it through the Facebook. I tried to I tried to do all the different ways because it's all connected now. Meta, yeah. And meta. like, nah, nah. It was just like, no ma'am, sorry. And like what terms did I violate? I really feel like somebody was hating on my page. Even though <laughs> I never really felt like that, but then people, people, people like around me. Cause I, I never, I don't think about haters. Like that's not a thing in my, I don't think about that shit. Like I could care less. Um, I could really, I could care less. So people yeah. be like, it's probably somebody Hard. you know. It's probably like how they did it though. You're still like, how did they do it? How? Because I've never had no issues with any, any, and it, and it was just one time. It wasn't like multiple times. It was like, you got suspended and send this in and then that was it but i got suspended for violation of terms but how did someone take my page amongst that time like yeah i feel like honestly some of it might be internal i think people who work there or used to work there know a little bit more about it than than others because this person that hacked me got verified immediately while it was still under investigation and now that this person's verified like i can't get my page it's even harder to get your page back from like a, a verified um, person. But... Wait, so they have it verified with your name? No, they changed the name, but they, yeah, they, you know, it's, I've, I've made my peace with it that it's gone, but it does suck because you spend a lot of time building authentic, you know, followers. And I mean, literally yeah. years of my life. <laughs> it, I think that you joined in 2011. This person, it took them one week to take over something I built since 2011. Like so. it's, it's so crazy. And you know, and it's, and it goes back to everyone always saying, you know, make sure that your content is hosted somewhere else. Oh. And, or like you have it on your own blog or you have it on a website or you have it somewhere else besides just Instagram. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, dang, you know, and I'm, and for me, that's even something that I need to work on. Like my, my, I'm a per like, I know how to do a lot of shit, you know? Um, and I'm usually, even if it's something I've never done before, I usually catch on very fast. 
Yeah. So there's so many things I know how to do and like who I am as a, uh, who, who I have been professionally has, depending on what time you've met me, it's very different things. You know, some people know me from working in an accounting firm. Some people know me from working in an engineering firm or a business management firm or doing bookkeeping for, I had private clients I used to do bookkeeping for. That's how some people know me. Some people know me from doing styling um, on set for different things. Some people know me from from modeling. So, you know, some people know me from Come Up LA. Some people know me from work I did in Lamert. Like people have all these different spaces they know me from. And, you know, uh, and I, when I think about it and, and like think about it and like wow that's super awesome and I that's like I said before that's the work I'm still doing on myself to like really see my worth and my value on my own even though I know I'm dope as shit and I'm good at stuff and can do things and blah 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 blah, blah. often it's just like oh I can do that whatever and, and it all in one spot like you worked hard for years to get all of that kind of who you are all your your skill set and your identities and everything into one place only to have that that happen so yeah i've been super i feel you for like yeah and my, my even my personal website you know i still have the domain fairspacing.com i didn't even know that it wasn't up at one point because the um the hosting company went out of business and they just deleted everything <laughs> Oh, no. and I didn't get no information, and I and I went and looked them up, and they were like, "This company is defunct." I was like, "The nerve!" Yeah, this is the zigzag, y'all. This is what it's really like. Don't don't uh, let there's there's a lot of uh, thought leaders who are like, "Just do what you love and be an entrepreneur." Like it's it's up and it is down. You have to be tough and equipped for this life. So you, you do, and and also just. I, you know, I, I, I know that I'm good with posting videos and like people, you know, supposedly like me and all these other things, but like me recording my whole life is like, a ch- like that is not appealing to me, <laughs> you know, like oh, every, everything I'm doing is content. Like that's, that's the latest is you gotta basically maintain a digital diary. It's, so I randomly came across some, some she's a mom influencer of some sort, whatever. I don't know. I just came across her somehow. And so I was like, okay, let me look at her page. She had all these followers and, you know, whatever. Apparently she's making money. And I'm looking. And so basically she just sets up her camera on the little, you know, the whatever type of um, app that, it's not an app, it's a um, piece of equipment that like moves with you as you move around. She sets that up. And just goes about doing whatever it is she's doing in her house. And that's how she does her content because it's lifestyle content. And then she was doing one the other day about organizing uh, organizing her fridge. And you know, how everybody likes to show their fridge all fancy, which I usually like my fridge, you know, to be organized as much as possible. But then the things that she was doing for her vegetables were things that were not good for your vegetables to do. She was washing everything before she put, and then put them in the refrigerator in plastic containers. I'm like, you don't wash blueberries before you need to eat them. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, that's not good information. Then she's like, the carrots, carrots need to be in water so that they stay hard. And they were just in there. So it's just like all the things people do, they do just to do them without any of them actually being things that are actually supposed to be done or good for you. Listen, be careful on the TikTok with all of these influencers. A lot of them are not experts. I used to tell people all the time, they're like, who do you follow? I'm like, I follow, I read books. I read and I follow people who are actually experts in their field. They probably 
are an actual doctor or actual finance. There's a lot of like, you know, financial coaches. That's not the same as a financial certified financial or you have to take many tests for that. So, you know, like that's the rhetoric. That's that's the rhetoric that everyone's told. Everyone's told now you don't have to be an expert at anything to make money at it. You don't have to be an expert to do this. That's literally what they tell everybody now. You don't have to be an expert. Just put it out there. And it's and it's like, okay, you might not have to be an expert, but at least know something. At least be right about it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I um it's actually yesterday was a part um I practiced IFA and um our, our at our ELA yesterday um in service, Baba. One of the things that uh he was speaking about was how it was from one of the Odus that if you don't, basically it boils down to, if you are not learned in what you're doing and have the expertise, don't be out there acting like you are. <laughs> like, literally that was the thing. If you don't know, if you're not learned, if you're not a professional at it, don't just go out there saying that, acting like that's what you're good, that you know you're an expert at it. And it's like, that's crazy because this world that we live in now, it, it blatantly tells everybody, go do it even if you don't know how. Everyone with a phone is an expert. Um, There's nothing wrong with being a uh, forever a student and learning things. I just tell people, I'm just here to learn. I'm not here to know everything. And then even if you do something that you're just learning that, you need to like preface it, let people know. Like myself, I'm, I have, like I've, you know, I'm into like herbs and all the things, natural and things like that. Um, So there's certain things that I've started doing for myself. Well, I have a couple herbalism, courses I'm going to be taking on online that I've paid for, I don't know everything there is to know, right? So in anything that I put out, there's always that disclaimer for me. And that's actually something I'm working on. I haven't put anything out yet. I have a whole brand, everything already set up, but um, that's going to be for me. It's like, you know, I am not an expert. These are the things I know. If you would like to know more, you know, you, you know, go do your own research or go look, you know, to someone that has that expert title. You know, but I'm not going to be like, this is the the holy grail on what it's supposed to be just because I said it and I'm trying it out. Never. Exactly. Well, I I thank you so much, Ferris, for being on You Have to Wear Something. Follow her. Remember, we need help and we go up together. Thank you so much for being on You Have to Wear Something and sharing your story with us. Oh, thank you, Nicole, for having me. And um, this was groovy. Thank you. Yeah, a little offline. I'll chat with you soon. Okay. All right. Peace. Bye. Bye. Okay. Where is that? There we go.